This episode of Slapcast is proudly sponsored by Manifest Media. Building a brand is hard, but Manifest Media is here to help you improve your social channels and digital marketing strategies. Visit manifestmedia.info for more information. Back to Slapcast. This is episode 16 of our coverage of the 2021-22 season. I'm your host, Gage, as usual. And today, we are joining each other for probably the first time ever where all four of us lost games in very painful ways. Or all four of our clubs, I should say, lost games in very painful ways. Um, so we're all sort of miserable in terms of our own club's performance at the moment. Not really Josh, actually, but the rest of us mostly, I think. Okay. Yeah, Josh is okay. But, um, well, you have heard Josh, so I'll start with him. Josh, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right. We didn't have class today uh, because there are some perks of going to a religious institution. So, um, but maybe you guys I've didn't have class either. I never had classes either. on Mondays. I never had class on Mondays. <laughs> we didn't get any or days Tuesday. off for Easter. Or we didn't get Good Friday. Uh, I had class on Saturday. We didn't get today. Dude, that's terrible. Cheek. That's rough. We had Friday and Monday off, but I always have Fridays off, so. Um, yeah. And you've heard Reese now as well. Reese, hello. Hello. And the mystery man that you've not heard in the in the background is Ethan. Hello, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> he remains in the He's choosing not to speak. It happens. Hello. <laughs> that was like in my ear. That was so sensual for some reason. Um, okay, moving on quickly. We <laughs> we must move on expeditiously, expeditiously to the question of the day from Josh. Josh, please question us. You want me to question you? That's different than question of the day. If we're questioning people, I'm going in. No, just give us the question of the day. <laughs> All right, so my question of the day... So at work today, I was asking some of my students, I was like, hey, what what is your favorite thing of hot dog? Some kids said mustard, some kids said ketchup, one kid said cane sauce. Which a hot dog? I don't know where that came from. On a hot dog, which wouldn't be bad. But that inspired I was like, that sounds really good. It got me in the mood for canes. I wasn't gonna eat out tonight, but I didn't really want to cook dinner. Um so, my question is, what is your favorite fast food restaurant? Okay, Ooh. man. Following it up nicely is, from uh, our McDonald's discussion last week, I see as well. Yeah. I'll go first because uh, Josh had just been talking about Canes. And uh, this is unknown to the listeners unless you stalk a, a Reese and I. But we do Canes every Friday and so it's just it's become my favorite thing and for the longest time i was not subscribed to cane sauce just because i wasn't the sauce man but i am religious about the sauce i love that ever since you went to college you actually like use sauce now or not the dry bones man it's amazing i love it i was led astray (laughs) and i I wandered back What's your favorite sauce now? Oh, Josh, I'm still trying to decide what my favorite fast food restaurant is. 
No, 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 no. I'm. This is a me and Ethan. Okay, question. okay, okay. What's my favorite? Are you saying favorite sauce or favorite fast food sauce? Both. Okay. Uh, well, I usually like ranch, but um, ranch goes hard in the Wingstop Ranch. Is Wingstop the best. Ranch. Wingstop Ranch. I'm a big Chili's Ranch guy as well. Um, oh yeah. But if I had to pick, there's like a, a little thin for me, but it still goes. It goes crazy. And then, um, if we're talking uh, fast food place specific sauces, I would definitely say Cane's as well. It's a classic. Man, Gage, I think, are you ready? Uh, no, I'm Keep still it. struggling. I'll go. Three. I've got. I've got two answers for you because I've thought about this a lot. Uh, go to <laughs> Cane's. Easy answer. We do Cane's every week. Cane sauce is goaded. I'll just repeat what Ethan said there. However, going off of the McDonald's conversation, okay? They're cheap. They're mm -hmm. mad consistent. Mm -hmm. They got fire fries. Mm -hmm. Their drinks have like extra sugar in them, mm -hmm. I think. And electricity. Uh, right? The, the app has crazy deals. Like insane. I don't know how they're making money. There's no crazy. way they're making money. I'm just approaching my camera for all the reasons. <laughs> I'm just slowly crazy. getting closer. Um, McDonald's, it just holds up. It it just wins in all the departments. It's so consistent, would, okay. and so like the ones, the the check boxes that it loses, it makes up for in different categories. I would like to point out that like they're consistent, but that consistency bar is still pretty low. I disagree. Uh, I, I don't disagree, agree. but I don't want. This isn't my argument right now. This is just my answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i i have okay i have an answer from from high school uh but it's changed because when when we were in high school whataburger was consistently the move okay like the whataburger where we went to high school was excellent every time consistently banging fries banging burger good drinks good ice okay however i have been ruined whataburger has been destroyed by by waco Okay, we're back on this train again because Waco fast food sucks. The Whataburgers here, whenever they, when I just order a regular Whataburger, okay, I just want my normal burger with everything on it, just as regular as it gets. These motherfuckers, I swear to God, these burgers that they give me, I could throw them like a frisbee. They are the most smashed shits I've ever experienced, okay? They're so flat. It's like every time whoever's making them stands on the burger. Like, they put it in that fucking container and just stand on the burger. Like, because they're so flat. It's horrible. It's the worst. On top of that, the one here, I feel bad because, like, I know this is brutal for the employees, but they only have, like, two people that work there right now. And so... Every time you're in the drive-through line, it's like an hour, and it's so brutal. Like I, I'm not criticizing the employees because, bro, I know it's brutal when you have no help, but it's it just it sucks for me because I don't have time to wait in an hour-long drive for a smashed burger. Okay. Um, my current answer though, I think, honestly, would have to be Sonic. I know that's kind of an oh, out of crazy. nowhere answer, but the all-American dog. Okay, the grilled mm. cheese. Yeah. The mozzarella yeah. sticks. Go okay. get yes. the grilled cheese at a fucking restaurant. 
I will not stand for that. It takes you are, like five you, minutes. Please, please, you're the odd man out here. We're all we're listening like to games. Five minutes. Free I, I, house. You can't tell I'm, me you don't got butter, bread, and fucking no, no, cheese. Go fuck yourself. I'm starting. I'm starting that. a religion. Okay, it's the it's the Sonic Grill Cheesers. Okay, that's what it's I'm called. Grill Cheeser, man. The you Church the of the Sonic Grill Cheese. Welcome, okay, brethren. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to take this to the people on Twitter and say. Can we talk about the Sonic corn dogs for a second? Okay, please? and fifty cent corn dogs. Fifty cents. Yes. And and going off of corn dogs, if you order on that, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Let me talk. If you order on the app, you get half off drinks whenever time. Literally, it's always happy hour on that. That is insane. I agree that Sonic is good. However, it was good until y'all mentioned. The fucking grilled cheese. You're wrong. Corn dog. You're wrong. I can't get no. the exact things to, needed to make their exact grilled cheese. It's Gator just pops? not the same. The Tots. The I will die on this hill. The Tots. You will, and I will be the one. Yeah, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> we're gonna kill you on this hill. I agree. Sonic goes insane. But you don't go to a restaurant and order grilled cheese. Are you five? <laughs> Would you like some ketchup no, to dip it in? <laughs> Listen, you don't order it by itself. Yeah, you get, like, yeah, you get it with something. The grilled cheese is 100%. so cheap that yeah. you just add it on. Yes. It's like a dollar, a dollar. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It's like a dollar. your fucking dollar. No, it costs, if I want to make a grilled cheese at home, I got to buy a loaf of bread. Because I can't just buy two slices of bread at the store. I got to pay <laughs> for a whole loaf. Bread in your house buy a normally? Of cheese. It's going to cost more than a dollar. Please. Do you not keep bread with your at your house regularly? I do normally, but like I just finished my bread off today. I literally finished the last pieces of my loaf. So like I have no bread in my apartment. We don't have the capacity to make our own grilled cheeses. That as good as they make it. <laughs> it's the uh... uh, listen, I, okay. listen. Josh is irate for some reason. <laughs> so He's coping. We must yeah, it's copium. Uh we must move on. As quickly as possible, so that I don't have to edit more of your audio from you screaming. <laughs> Josh, is is Kane's your favorite? Oh yeah, you didn't answer. It is. I know. I didn't even get to answer my question. Whose fault is that? But yeah, it's y'all bullshit fault for the grilled cheese. Nobody I was doing good about you. Not. You're the you're the aggressor. We all but, sat here. Just said our piece, started a religion, and <laughs> yeah. you're the aggressor. No, grilled, the grilled cheese sent me. I, I've been doing uh, good know. about cussing less than like five times a week on the listeners, show. Listeners, that grilled cheesers me. unite on Twitter. No okay? doubt. No doubt. We'll pull, up, we'll pull it out of pool. We will. Uh, Josh, answer the question. I said Canes. And you have no defense of that, just Canes. I guess you don't need to, because we all like Canes. Yeah, we've already defended majority, it for you. Already. Yeah, fair enough. I will say, let me. I might start my own religion for Canes too. I'll be a double religion man. Canes I found the. A... This might be risky saying, because someone like the CEO of Canes might be listening, and he might change up this whole system and ruin me. But I found out that it's better to get. Because if you want extra fries at Cane's, it's going to cost more than extra toast. So I get extra fries to substitute the coleslaw and just get an extra bread. And so I'm saving money. 
That's insane. So I found my I found my combination. I've broke the system. Dude, I wish they had spicy tenders. Like, even if it was just a limited time, that would be insane. I agree. I think they should try it out, venture into it a little bit. Have you guys had the ch- the cane sandwich? Yeah, I yeah. was disappointed though. Because uh, yeah, the thing is, it's literally just three tender tenders, but and they just... have buns instead of Texas toast. I know. The toast is just so much. The more toast superior. is the so, like, best thing about it, dude. Like, if I order a three-piece combo, no slaw, extra toast, it's the same meal except better bread. You can make your own sandwich that's better than their actual sandwich. Yeah. You I know agree. what I hate? This is not grilled Kane's cheeses, fault. apparently. No, I like grilled cheese. I don't like buying a grilled cheese. Anyway, I hate... This is not Kane's fault. This is entirely, like, idiots on TikTok's fault. But when... They do that thing where they get like the get like the twenty ounce cup of cane sauce and then take the bread and a chicken tender and just shove it in the cup to make sauce flow out of the cup. Ethan knows what I'm talking about, and I'm getting angry again, so I'm just gonna stop. Let's go to our first topic. I think it's a little too much to dip the whole thing in, but I I will say I do take a tender, stick it on my toast, and dip it in the sauce. Like I do do that. Do do. I do do that. I thought I'm you were going to say, the whole I, thing I put the, the tinder on my toes. I also I thought you were that. about to say that. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, in lieu of Josh having another <laughs> extraordinary outburst, we must move on. Um, first, we've got a couple, a couple, we've got a couple of, <laughs> it's, it's a shambles. We've got a couple of news items to address. The first is podcast-related which is that May 2nd, we've got an exciting announcement for you. We won't spoil it here now in case we have to change a couple things with it, but we do have a big announcement for you on May 2nd about the podcast. It is very exciting. It relates to what I mentioned last week about us having a new venture with Manifest, uh, which is very exciting. So big thanks to Chris and Manifest. We would love to um, share the information with you now, but we're not going to just in case things change. So... That is the first order of business. The second is that it has been widely reported and confirmed by various reliable sources that Eric Ten Hag is now in as next season's manager for Man United, uh, which he's actually someone that I wanted for Spurs whenever Pochettino was sacked. So I think it's a good appointment. Um, I don't know a huge amount about him tactically. I just know that he profiles a lot like Pochettino did. So I think it's a good appointment for me. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's he's a great manager. You know, he's got he's got a lot of experience coming in. I mean, he's already proven himself. He seems tactically, you know, sound. Um, it's United, so uh, it's kind of knows. a poison chalice. Yeah, he's already apparently said. I don't know how publicly this may be false, but it's being widely reported that he has no plans um, that include Ronaldo in them, and then immediately after Ronaldo scored a hat trick but uh we'll see if I mean that's apparently what's happening he wants to move out Ronaldo a couple other players as well but yeah well it's also been reported that Ronaldo will probably leave anyway if they don't get Champions League which I really don't think they will yeah that's true um but yeah I definitely think you know it's a it's a big appointment in terms of like you know he he's widely known but I also think he's the type of manager that you don't just sack if they get bad results. He's the type of manager you want yep. to build around. So I definitely think 
this appointment shows the direction man you want to take and they'll probably um fully back him and just kind of trust him with the rebuilding process or at yeah, least I, they better for their own sake yeah i think i don't know kind of one of those things where like i don't think united is going to change until the glazers are out which i don't know if that's ever going to happen like i think it like their issue isn't necessarily the manager like it's definitely like top-down ownership and management of the club and just like poor poor use of funds like build, building or not bringing ronaldo back just it didn't make sense like at all but i don't know i just think there's just been so many like glaring decisions that just don't make sense in the past like five years for united yeah just, um, i agree there there's been a lot of strange strange happenings at the club in the past few seasons um I mean, really, like Reese is saying, it's really just been down to a lack of direction, I feel like. I think they just make a lot of impulse decisions, and maybe now if they actually do give a fair amount of control to Eric Ten Hag, they'll have an actual direction. Um, yeah, but it kind of felt the same, like, in, like, the second season with Ole, they, it still kind of felt like he was getting a little bit more of that. Like, I don't know, I just, I don't think... It doesn't feel like a whole lot is changing. Like, yes, this season's been kind of a failure, but it's not like Ragnarok's been there a while now anyway. Like, yeah. It'll definitely depend on what happens in the summer because I think once we start seeing some of the incomings and outgoings, uh, especially, we'll get we'll start to be able to see what kind of direction the club wants to move in. I mean, it's a project, but like, there's so much that needs to be fixed there. And you don't, and like De Gea, you have no clue like how how much longer he's going to be able to keep this form up. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about any team, though. Any team has got issues that you're going to have to solve. I don't think that's a reason for them not to make this appointment, though. I mean, like no, I, I'm just like, I'm just more United talking than Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag is probably their best bet at the moment of available manager. I can't but. believe they aren't going for Pochettino. I'll be honest. I really can. I think he would be perfect for the Man United because he's, he's probably going to be out at PSG at the end of the season. So I think that's the issue. I think they, he was originally what they wanted, but I think his, uh, cause they're out of champion league, right? Yeah, but not necessarily that, down to him though. That's one of the most difficult I, jobs in football. Yeah. That's true. But you know, the team is so good that I think, I think they were from what I from what I was reading, they were between Pochettino and Ten Hag, and with them exiting Champions League, that was basically what made them decide. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I do think it's interesting. I read this or heard it somewhere that the the current holders of both European competitions, or the managers that are of the current holders, are the two previous managers of PSG, and Thomas Tuchel and Unai Emery. Which is oh, yeah. very interesting because they were both unable to lead PSG to such success. I think there's just a lot more going on with PSG than than the manager. But, yeah. Um. Either way, it's definitely he's a better manager than Ole, I will say, and I think he's going to have a lot more trust in terms of long term vision than Ragnick did. So I think at the very least we'll see progress. What that looks like, I don't a hundred percent know. But I don't know about the first season. I can see the first season. 
them finishing as far as like seventh or eighth, depending on who they sell and who they're able to bring in as well. It's like United doesn't like the more that they have these like mediocre finishes, the less n- name that that carries and the less like, oh, why am I going to go there when like Liverpool or City or even like a, a club in Spain are calling. So like, I don't want to make this like the shit on United podcast, but I no, by feel all like means. <laughs> I feel like so much needs to change like towards the top for them to actually make strides or otherwise they're just going to have the same cycle where they Europa League, Europa League, make the Champions League, go for around 16 exit, next season do the same thing and then fail at the league. I don't necessarily yeah. disagree. I mean, even if he doesn't have the best start, the one thing I can say is that I'm just kind of excited that it's happening because Ten Hag has always been a manager that I've wanted to watch more of, but he's just been managing in leagues that I don't watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with him coming to the Prem in any capacity, even if it's, you know, United and they're still going to struggle potentially, and I, I'm just excited to see what he brings tactically as well because he's interesting, especially in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, oh, and uh, quick kind of downer note, actually. I just remembered this because I saw it on, on Twitter today that Ronaldo, his partner, I think had twins, right? And the boy passed away, unfortunately, um, which is really, really terrible. Um, so, I mean, I don't even know what you say about that. Obviously, condolences and best wishes, but, yeah, one of the worst things that can happen to someone. Um, so... Yeah, really mood-killing piece of news there, but it did happen today, so, you know, um, really sad. But, yeah, we'll move on to, I suppose, happier things. Um, One of the new things that we want to introduce as we kind of begin our transition towards this new look podcast a little bit is the Game of the Week segment, uh, which is going to be essentially a game that doesn't involve one of our four teams, um, because obviously we've kind of come to the conclusion or, or we've known this for a while, but our area of expertise obviously lays with the clubs that we watch and support, which makes sense, right? Um, but sometimes we don't necessarily get around to talk about as much of the rest of the league as we want. So we're going to pick a game each weekend to serve as our game of the week, um, which we will kind of all watch or at least all you know, pay close enough attention to uh, where we can come and, and analyze it and discuss things about it after the fact so um yeah the game of the week that we picked this week was actually the fa cup semi-final between liverpool and man city which was interesting because it's juxtaposed directly against the uh game between them that we saw in the premier league uh just one week ago which ended in a 2-2 draw this time liverpool get the better of them 3-2 but this game was i say almost it was almost done by halftime it was 3-0 liverpool at that point um Ethan, I'll come to you first because uh, I know you were paying attention to the first half, especially. What did you think Liverpool did differently or, or or better, I guess, that allowed them to run away with this game so much? Well, I'll start by saying that I thought um, it looked like Liverpool went all out for this game while City wanted to try a few new players out there. Um, not new to the team, obviously, but you know, trying players out. Um, they started with players like Stefan and Goal and Nathan Ake, and those are just some players that you don't usually see get into the team too often. And um, I think that kind of made the difference because, you know, when you look at this Liverpool team, 
you know, they are fully stacked. Um, it's usually their team that they usually play with at the Premier League and all their other competitions. And obviously Man City are, you know, it's the FA Cup. You play players who, you know, don't get too much game time. But I feel like when it comes down to, like, the semifinal and the final, you know, you kind of have to go full send. And um, that's just, I think, feel like that made the difference because, you know, the first two goals came from the players I mentioned. Um, obviously, I... Uh, Liverpool scored first with Kunate, um, the center back, uh, towering over Nathan Ake, who's a good young defender, but I th still think he needs a little bit of time to uh, adjust to City's style of play. And then um, an unfortunate accident with Zach Steffen in goal. So um, I think it really just comes down to um, the team selection. I'll kind of go into that when I talk about Palace later as well, because I feel like that played in, uh, into it played its part in our game as well. Yeah, so it was obviously a big shame what happened with Zach Steffen on the second goal. Um, the commentators were blaming him for the third goal, too. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a little bit both ways. Because on one hand, it's an absolutely beautifully worked goal, and the finish is amazing. I think generally, and I think, um, you know, shout out Riley. I mean, he's never <laughs> featured on the podcast or anything, but my older brother Riley, um, the goalkeeper. Uh, former goalkeeper, he would agree with me in saying that you just shouldn't concede on your near post. And I think that was generally what the commentator was trying to say because it is a great goal and a great finish, but uh, yeah, I mean a near, po near post goals just kind of always look bad for the goalie, even if it's potentially unstoppable. Yeah, it was a weird finish too. Well, I mean, that's kind of... Like yeah, exactly. That's kind of why I don't necessarily blame Stefan as much. I mean, I get it. Yeah, you probably shouldn't get beat at your near post, and, and a lot of goalkeepers probably would have saved it, but um, the way he lined up, I thought there was no way that ball was going near post. Like, it, just the technique on it to spin, to get that backspin on it with the outside of the foot and place it into the bottom corner, I don't know. I, I thought it was harsh that they were blaming the goalkeeper for it, but maybe that's maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um it is interesting because we spent a long time, I think last week or the week before, talking about starting goalkeepers uh, yeah. for the U.S. national team. And I know Josh was heavily aboard the Zach Steffen train. And I'm going to guess that this didn't change your mind, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I mean, no. It's it's Liverpool. Like, they have some of the best forwards in the, in the world. I still think you should... Steffen's just my opinion on it, but... But not really. I mean, it's your near post. Like, you should have a cover, but then when you're playing against some of the best forwards and midfielders in the world, like, it's going to happen, especially when you don't get a massive run of games. Yeah, which is really, honestly, the thing that worries me the most is the fact that he just doesn't play. I mean, he does. Yeah. I mean, he plays very infrequently. He might get a move this summer, though. It is possible, yeah. I would like to see that, actually. I would like to see him start somewhere. Um, but, yeah, either way, um, City did almost come back. Uh, they scored pretty early on in the in the second half, and then they were – Liverpool kind of had them under control for, the, for large portions of the second half, and then right at the very end when the game was stretched and Liverpool were looking tired, they got one back um, in the 91st minute through Bernardo Silva, and then all of a sudden the game is wide open. And City, I thought they were going to score. Um, they were they were looking dangerous. Had a couple of shots blocked for corners. And I think Mares had an effort that he should have done better with or could have done better with. 
Um, yeah, I think before that goal as well, uh, Jesus had a one-on-one that he yeah. probably should have done better with. Yeah, a, a player who has been, Pep's been trusting him quite a bit recently, um, but I, I still kind of think the jury's out on him. I don't know, because it's been, how long has he been there? Three or four seasons? I don't know, but I'm still I don't think not... he's a bad player. I think he just needs to leave. He just needs a change of scenery. <laughs> yeah. I think he would be performing a lot better if he was just at a different club, to be very honest. Uh, it's kind of like a Kieran Trippier type of thing, where he was playing really badly at Tottenham for the end of his career, and then as soon as he gets a move, he's back to his old self, playing very well. And then we've seen that as well exactly. as he moved to Newcastle. That's happened with Martial as well. Like, yeah, He's been really influential in the Sevilla team when he moved. He actually got... There different subject but in the Real Madrid uh Sevilla game he took an awful two-footed challenge from Camavinga and Camavinga somehow did not get a second yellow for it and then uh, Madrid came back and won 3-2 in a pretty important game for the title race so that was different game but yeah that Martial's definitely one of those who like went somewhere else and is having a pretty good season shout out Eric Lamella for scoring in that game too by the way (laughs) (laughs) um North Rabona. London Derby, Rabona, red card hero. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, overall, I think Liverpool are probably deserved winners. Something that you don't see very often, Liverpool actually outpossessed City in this game. 51% they had. Whereas last week, where City it like felt like had a stranglehold on the game, despite the result, um, City had 56% last week. But uh, Liverpool actually outpossessed them 51%. Now, I want to ask Reese actually specifically about this particular player because literally everyone, commentators, Twitter, people are constantly nutting about him. <laughs> and I don't know if he's as good as everyone says. Tiago, uh, what are your thoughts? Because I don't know that he offers that much more than like Jordan Henderson offers. I know that is probably really? a steaming take, but I think I think it is. I um yeah I think he had a little bit of a rough start at Liverpool um but I think generally I would agree with the commentators because he's one of those players I I compare people to this player often when I um think of this kind of progressive um player that gets you know hockey assists um Santi Cazorla type of player you know um, it's just my frame of reference with Arsenal, but that's kind of what Thiago does. He is kind of a box-to-box player. He um, he just kind of sees things, but also plays. It seems like he's lazy, but he's not. He's just good, you know. Like the assist on the Mane goal. Um, I think I believe he played a one-two um, right before the assist to get open, and then he did a first-time ball just like out of nowhere to Mane who was completely open like he was just picking the right passes all the time and I think he's just very good at that type of thing like moving the ball and progressing the ball um forward but I do think what I mean I could be wrong but what might be skewing you on him is his start with Liverpool when he first signed because I do remember maybe he had a pretty bad patch of games like originally technically He's just so much better than Henderson. I think that's where, like, his I I will agree is. with that in terms of like his passing range is ridiculous. Like we've seen him, pa- like, do some insane, make some insane passes over the course of the last couple of weeks. Sorry, Josh. You're good. I just, yeah. I think positionally and defensively, 
Defensively, I think Henderson is probably a little bit better. And then, like, positionally, I think they're both pretty similar. But I think just that extra – I think for Liverpool, that extra technical ability he brings makes a massive difference. Them Because I think they're kind of missing that with Henderson. Where Henderson can get forward and can be a pretty good dis- distrib- distributor of the ball – it's not his speciality. His speciality is like getting to the ball, winning it back, getting it to one of your other midfielders who can make the magic happen. But, yeah, I don't know. I just for me, like my the best Liverpool team that I've seen is the year that they won the title. Obviously, does that make sense? And uh, uh, the team that almost won the title that was like ninety-seven points or ninety-eight or whatever and didn't win the title. Um, and maybe it's just because Henderson always has a blinder against Spurs, but. I, I just feel like Tiago doesn't add a, as much as people make it out to be. And maybe, again, maybe this is just me being skewed. But, like, I honestly don't know that Liverpool is that much better for having him than they were when Henderson was in that role. Like, I... I well, I, I don't actually think he is replacing Henderson. I mean, that might yeah. be what's happening on the team sheet, literally. But I think he's the Wijnaldum replacement. Like, well, I think that, in terms yeah, of what true. he's actually providing to the team, it's more akin to what Wijnaldum was doing. And, you know, Wijnaldum played alongside Henderson, right? And they complemented each other. I actually think Thiago and Henderson together would be very good. Um, it's just not what's happening. But, um, yeah, That's I don't a think fair point. when you look at them, like when you look at Thiago compared to Henderson, I don't think it is necessarily the fairest comparison because I, I actually don't think they provide the same role in the team. I also think the reason that like a lot of people think that, that team was the best when they won the league, they were also playing like damn near every one of their games. That squad was still like really thin because that season after they won the title, that was the thing that we all talked about was their biggest blunder was them not having a very thick squad. And as that and as they brought in more more players in, like that squad has like it's less concentrated in like the world-class talent because they've had to bring in players like uh, I can't think like of Kanate. Him. Yeah, like him. Like, and then the one and even like promotions from the youth academy and yeah, the squad true. where it just it just deconcentrates like the world-class players. I think that's part of it too is like the starting 11 isn't the best every weekend because a few players have gotten a little bit older and less good but also they've brought in more talent that isn't that world-class standard that that starting 11 had because that starting 11 got worked to the to the grindstone that season yeah but it worked i mean it worked but it wasn't like i know it's not sustainable it wasn't gonna work. yeah yeah but yeah i don't know maybe i honestly maybe i just need to reevaluate that take but i i don't know i just i wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it because i i I every time I hear somebody say something about him, I'm like, man, I don't know if he's that good. Like, but yeah, all right. I will say a lot of the things that he does is pretty flashy. Like he does make a lot of good skill moves going forward, and it looks really good. Um, not saying that that he doesn't have any like good other things, but um, I think that's why you might hear stuff more about Tiago than stuff about Henderson. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I think so. Okay, let's um, move along now away from the game of the week. I think overall, pretty good uh, trial run for the game of the week. Uh, I do want to say Liverpool are technically in the running for a quadruple. 
uh, which yeah. would be insane. I don't think they're going to get it because I still think City will win the league. But um, I do think they might win the Champions League, though. So it, it's going to be know, very interesting. Villarreal have looked really good in the past few games. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if the – yeah, good evening. I just wonder if the uh, quality of the players there will just end up – or, like, the quality of the teams that they're going to be facing will just end up being too much for them. But I, I would love to see them win it. That'd be great. But there's about 20 former Spurs players on that team, so that'd be excellent. I can add them all to the list of players that have won something after leaving Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll shift on to the other uh, – semi-final now that happened this weekend um the crystal palace heartbreak unfortunately that they faced at the hands of chelsea um ethan i don't know what what's your general surmise surmising surmisement surmising of this game uh overall well um i'll say um i'm usually really into all the palace games but this one was like the first in a while where i was actually like so into it like i was i was cussing out players i was you know getting riled up on the edge of my seat um and uh i going into it i also i knew we were playing like one of the best teams in europe with chelsea so i my hopes weren't too high but you know just just seeing our fans out there being really passionate and having a good display um really made me feel good to be a palace fan really proud to be a palace fan um and i thought i thought we did well um, in the first half to kind of make it seem like we could actually get something from this game. Um, but uh, as, the, as the second half went on, it just didn't look as good. Um, and I kind of mentioned it when we were talking about Liverpool and uh, Manchester City in the FA Cup as well, but um, I thought the, the starting lineup was a bit questionable from us. Um, obviously, you know, we just played... Well, I guess it was about a week ago we played Leicester, so it wasn't too far away, but... Um, Vieira started a few players that I would consider questionable for this game, like uh, Joel Ward, and um, obviously we had to play without Gallagher, um, so MacArthur had to take uh, a role in the midfield, and he's been good, but um, you know, it's always good to have someone who's got uh, more speed on them, and so that can track back, but anyway, I think when I look at Ward, I think he's more of someone you kind of just play there instead of actually starting most of the or play there in case the person who's starting who usually starts is not available so um i think he was wrong or Vieira was wrong to take klein out of the starting lineup because he had been in such good form but um and then going out from the second half uh, a lot of his substitutions were really weird this these are some of the players he brought on his first substitution was iu for i think mateta and i y'all know how i feel about iu i'm just not a big iu fan um I'll still support him all the way when he scores um, and when he puts in a good work. But I, when you look at our bench, you immediately think that we should bring on players like Olise because, you know, he's been so good in this competition that he should, probably should have been starting. Um, but that just wasn't the case. He, But Olise did come on with 20 minutes, but I, uh, 20 minutes left. But I don't think he had enough time to actually uh, produce anything for this game. Um, he also brought on Benteke instead of the likes of Eduard. Which, um, you know, Benteke is a good um, squad player. You know, bring him on if you need a good goal or to dominate the defense. But um, I feel like it, it starts to get confusing when you kind of just throw attacking players out there when they all kind of play different styles. Because obviously you're not going to play 
Benteke out there with Olise because Olise likes to cut in and try and pass low and doesn't really cross too much. So it was a bit confusing in that sense. Um, and obviously, y'all know that I'm off the. I've been off the Luca bus for forever, but he brought on Luca at one point, and the only thing he did was fall on the floor. So, uh, yeah, that's, I'm just gonna say that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, the game just got away from us, unfortunately. Um, I think players like Gallagher definitely could have changed this game, but you know that's just kind of how it is. Um, I will say though, I was frustrated. Um, not with Chelsea, but I think it's just this is crazy with the five substitution rule um, that's going to be in place in the future. Because this is this is all who Chelsea brought on. They brought on Thiago Silva, Conte, Lukaku, Ziyech, and um, I guess Loftus Cheek came on for Kovacic uh, earlier in the game. But that's like you're bringing on a whole new starting eleven right there, you know. So I just think it's it's tough with these bigger clubs because obviously they play the more more games, but. Um, yeah. They de- they definitely have more players with that quality who can actually afford to be on the bench, but then play uh, later. So overall, I'm I'm just really proud of the team and how far we've gotten. And uh, you know, being Patrick Vieira's first season as manager was um, and getting to the semifinal is something to behold and um, leaves a lot of potential for sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask one other thing too about the team selection i felt like certainly in the first half not as much in the second half but that's because palace was chasing the game a little bit um it felt like palace was playing a back three with kuyate slotted in as the third center back and that i don't think is something i've seen from palace in a ever maybe under fiera uh so what what do you think i mean was he I, i guess he was trying to just match up the back three of chelsea but i i what are your thoughts on that? I, I would assume that you would say, if it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. But Right. No, I agree. Um, that, it's definitely something we don't see a lot. I thought Vera was definitely trying to just make room for more attacking players, obviously, because he um, took off the lights of Schlupp and MacArthur um, in the second half to make way for more attacking players. So, you know, stay Kuyate at the back now that we've kind of... And I guess we've had, we've had Mitchell in the ward on the the wings going forward a little bit so but uh you know being is that like you mentioned we don't see it a lot i i honestly don't know how to feel about it um it might be something that works but obviously we're playing chelsea so we couldn't tell if it works or not um yeah i i think vera was definitely just trying to get more of our quality out there i think he kind of just wanted to see how what would happen if we could uh get all of our good players all all at all up front because um we talked about this um i think a few episodes ago but like how do we used to not be able to have any or not be able to but we used to not have any good players that would accompany zaha in the attack but now we have too much to where we can't play them all and so i think that's this instance is definitely Vieira was like let me do that right now just with no kind of like shape at all so um yeah so i think Try, like analyzing this with Chelsea is like too hard to say now, but if we ever try to do that again, maybe it'll turn out differently. Maybe if, if we play a team kind of around us in the league, maybe it would pay off, but you know, it's kind of hard to tell now. Yeah, I'm gonna... You already touched on this, but um, I kind of... It goes back to what I said a while back with Chelsea benefiting from the lone army, because I really do think that had Gallagher been available for this match, it's completely different, because not only does he just add to the tactics overall you know he's a pressed machine i think generally he just kind of raises the 
um, amount of intensity from his from his peers just by existing. Like mm-hmm. I think him being there is just a huge boost. Um, and you know, obviously, you can make an appeal for him to play. Chelsea, of course, said no because I mean, why would they? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just unfortunate the way it went. But I really do think. Had he been available to play, it would have been different. And I think that's cause for um, breaking the bank to bring him in in the summer. Well, yeah, I completely agree with you. And the funny thing is that um, I think Tuchel actually ran into Gallagher um, after they they didn't let him play in the FA Cup. This was not after the FA Cup, but they they reached out to him and told him he couldn't play. And then they accidentally ran into each other at a restaurant. And it was just like, (laughs) oh. But... Apparently Gallagher, obviously, you know, I feel like everyone in their right mind wouldn't let someone as good as Gallagher play against them, being that they're his parent club. But um, Gallagher wasn't a big fan of that. Um, and Vera kind of vouched for him, you know, when a player plays that good and they're in the spot that they could be in a FA Cup semifinal, potentially a final, you know, you could, you should definitely shouldn't, you know, give them that experience. But yeah, I, I like what you said about how he kind of brings the intensity up a little bit with his peers because... Obviously, we saw, if you watched this game, you saw Mateta and Zaha pressing, but that was pretty much it. Um, Ayu did a little bit of it when he came on, but, I mean, it wasn't too much to make a difference. We were already chasing the game, so... But he, he's always pressing, so I think um, he definitely would have put more pressure on Chelsea um, if he had played, so definitely a big miss. And I, I, I have to agree with you that I hope we break the bank. Yeah, do you think y'all will? I hope so. I mean, I don't It may know. not be for sale very true this because this comes down to the restrictions on chelsea but um and also i don't know i saw this a while back and i don't know if this has any wings to it but um apparently our owners uh, not including steve parish who's like our chairman as well um some of our american owners were interested in going in on chelsea so um and just beating the shit out of no, <laughs> um uh they were interested in investing in chelsea so um i don't know if that's still true or not but um, if something like that were to happen and we were able to bring in more investors, then I would definitely think that we would be able to not only be able to, but be very interested in breaking the bank for him. Um, I think it'd be tough. De- definitely we, ugh, definitely with the English tax, but also just the way he's playing, um, it would definitely go for a lot. So I think maybe we will try to do another loan because when you look at it now, it's hard to say he'll get straight into Tuchel's team and you don't think... Uh, you know, I just I don't, I don't really see him getting a chance anytime soon. And with how he's playing, he's gonna want a regular game time. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, I, think I think in that game, uh, after Kovacic had come off too, I think if Gallagher had been there, Palace would have been running the midfield after that point. Um, because yeah, Kovacic kind of does that job for Chelsea, and without him, I think Gallagher would have really flourished. But Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. They, I think that was probably the biggest thing that was missing was there was no link between the midfield and the forwards just because I think Gallagher's done such a good job of either winning the ball back and getting it forward or being the guy ready for when the defensive the defensive midfield or the defense gets the ball back. Sorry, I wasn't making that face it, at you. <laughs> and then playing that ball up to him, and then so he can start running the attack and getting it to those players so they can create the chances. I think that was the biggest thing that I noticed in the first, especially in the first half, 
where all the chances were coming off of the press and y'all winning the ball back when Chelsea were still progressing through their uh, back third. And then a chance would come off of that. I think that was, excuse me, where I think that was probably the hardest thing for y'all was not having him. And it would have been interesting to see if it they if y'all had played City or Liverpool and see what kind of game it would have been. Because y'all's fans were absolutely tearing up a new one. Like I don't think I've ever heard Webley. Yeah, what a loud. showing! Mm-hmm. So that's why it was definitely uh, bringing on all the nerves and um, definitely feeling for the fans who were there, um, just because yeah, they were like... so prideful. But um, yeah, he was definitely one to miss. Um, going going kind of back to the substitutions, uh, I was just thinking about it as you were talking. Um, I, I I think we'll we'll probably see Benteke move on and. Uh, after the season just because as much as I hate to say it because he's he was probably the biggest signing um, uh, with me as a fan for the longest time um, I think he with the selling of town or with the releasing of Townsend he kind of just he has no purpose within this team anymore because when you look at it we don't really have natural crossers like like yeah. Townsend was because you know with the with the wingers we have now it's either Olise or Ayu on one side and then Zaha on the left and they can cross but it's just not i mean Townsend's just always looking to get the balls in when they try to other ones try to work with it so um definitely hard to see him take a fit in this team anymore but um we also just had a lot of chances that we um had, were unfortunate to miss cuz we did have a few headers um at points and I thought we could have definitely scored from uh I ended up as much as I love Anderson I ended up cussing him out because he had an open header at the I back know. post I I called him a an F word with a hard R at the end <laughs> so um but he's he's been great but I that's those chances are definitely ones we need to be taking because then we can get back into it but yeah there's not much you can do about it but I'm just glad we were able to go to that go to that stage at Wembley and you know show who we are yeah yeah absolutely I mean it's a disappointing result for Slapcast across the board because I think we were all rooting for Palace um, in that game but yeah good good showing by Palace and it was a good performance it wasn't like you got embarrassed or anything like that so um, yeah you know it was a respectable loss and sad as it is you know it's great to be at that stage like you said so mm-hmm. let's um go ahead and move on I'm gonna go I'm gonna save the North London dickwads for last um and I'm going to move on to Josh, actually, because, Josh, your more important game this week was the second leg against PSV. Uh, and that was clear because the uh, the team was quite rotated against Newcastle, actually. Most of your primary first 11 played against PSV. so Yeah, so we started our starting 11 against PSV, and it still did not go great in the first half. It was kind of very similar to the first leg, except PSV got a pretty early goal and a pretty good finish. Like Casper's far post, pretty tight angle, just got a good finish on the ball, got the good rotation to get it to turn in on the far post. So that was pretty disappointing. And it was really savable too. Like he, they were coming down their right wing, and then he cut in, and Casper was facing him, and when he shot it. Casper like tucked his knee to explode out, to explode his leg out, and the ball ended up like going like just outside his uh, leg, like right when he tucked it in. So it was definitely saveable if he just would have left his leg there, not tried to force it out immediately. So 
it ended up being a comeback that didn't need to be a comeback. Ricardo Pereira got a massive goal off a deflection. He just came flying out of the off the right side of the pitch and just smashed it in off a pretty good pretty good run of saves from the PSV goalkeeper. And then Madison had another like beautiful finish from the top of the box. So I think we did a really good job. I think we were in Leicester Olds, and then the game on Sunday was just. We rotated a lot, and it, the team just looked very flat. It looked a lot like it did in at the like once we were getting towards the end of the group stage uh, for Europa League. Like everyone just looked kind of tired. Like those players that have been playing in that eleven have been playing like the majority of the season, especially our defenders, just because we've been so thin at the back, and they just looked exhausted. But that doesn't really like give the excuse of letting Newcastle like beat us because like we need to be beating Newcastle like they haven't got their money yet like we still need to be beating them just kind of a disappointing loss and so we're playing Roma in the semifinals which I'm excited for but also I'm like very hesitant about because Tammy Abraham especially in the conference league has been on a tear so it will be very interesting to see how that happens. And I don't know, I'm excited, a little nervous. Especially that Rome away leg is going to be pretty insane. I imagine that. Well, Italy and Italy has been starting to um, start their COVID uh, restrictions up a little bit more recently. So hopefully, for Leicester's sake, their stadium won't be as full whenever we have to go there. But I'm sure that they will be. Pretty, pretty intense. No matter what, I think. I don't know. It was just. It was kind of a disappointing weekend, but then like the week was pretty good because it was like, okay, we made it to the semifinal. Two games away, we just got to keep putting in those good performances with that starting eleven. And then this week we have Everton at midweek, and then I forget who we have on Saturday. At least I think we have Everton midweek and not Saturday. I can't remember exactly who we have, um, but I'm pretty excited. And then one of the other teams that I watched, Cadiz, beat Barca at the Camp Nou. They're only the third team to bring to beat Barca at the Camp Nou, so they dragged themselves out of 17th or 18th place and put them put themselves in 16th out of the relegation zone. So hopefully, I will be able to watch them again next year. Venezia are not looking good for survival. They're six points back. They have a game in hand, but it's not looking good. Yeah, you have Everton midweek and Villa next weekend, just to uh, yeah. I hope clarify. y'all bully Mourinho. Me, I also hope that. Yeah. I Fuck hope that we guy. Do. I think it'll be it'll be a lot closer. I guess all of ours a bit close. I think it's gonna be a pretty close tie. I think we match up against them pretty well, so I'm excited. A little nervous, but mostly excited. I am. Um... I watched a little bit of the Newcastle and Leicester game, and this is more talking about Newcastle, but I've been super impressed with Bruno Gomesh. He's absolutely He's running their great. midfield, and um, we play them, I think, in the, this midweek or in two days, so I've been pretty nervous about him, and kind of bringing up what we've been talking about, how Thiago is the Wijnaldum replacement. He seems to be the Wijnaldum replacement at Newcastle. <laughs> they finally got one. <laughs> so, Five years yeah. in the making. Yeah, but he's he's super crazy on the ball, and I was kind of like thinking about like how you know teams they um while they should 
be um, focused on investing in future potential and like maybe investing in players in the championship. But it's also, and this is being because Newcastle has a bunch of money now, but it's really important to look elsewhere around the world and seeing who's dominating their leagues because, you know, he's been doing, he was from Leon, right? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was doing so well for them. So I think just reaching out to players like um, League Un shows that, you know, there's definitely potential out there for players to light it up in the Premier League. Yeah, thankfully, whenever Newcastle played Spurs, he was injured, so he did not play. Um, but yeah, he is just as advertised. I know he's he stacks up really well in the analytics department. Um, so a lot of the, you know, kind of more analytical Twitter accounts were were banging on about him and they were right because uh, this guy's the real deal so he played great and it was just it was frustrating it was miguel almiron also had a great game he's been playing more on the wing the past like season and a half but he i remember when he was at atlanta united he was fun to watch and like he's still pretty fun to watch he doesn't get as many goals just being in a better league but he's still a pretty fun player to watch yeah which that he wasn't on the beating end of the stick for us. Yeah. I mean, he was fun to watch when we, at one point, we all tried to be Atlanta United fans, and so we were all experiencing him at the same time, which was pretty cool. But, you know, that ship immediately sailed. Yeah. I'm surprised Josef Martinez never got a move to Europe. Yeah, me too. I was just about to ask about that. He's still playing. He's dealt with a couple torn ACLs, so he's had a few injury problems. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, other than... The MLS not being the most prestigious league in the whole world, uh, some some players probably just take the appeal of the U.S. like living there. <laughs> so yeah, he, he might just take to that. So can't fault him for that. But yeah, he he did play well to think maybe he could try out in a European league on the big stage. I think he probably would have done really well in Bundesliga or uh, um, Serie A. You know, I saw some of the highlights from what the finishes that Timo Werner had. I don't even remember why it happened. Finishes it. from Leipzig. It was just kind of like, dang. I think it's because Chris you... liked the tweet. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, yeah. Chris. Yeah. It was, like some of those finishes were just insane, and then just like where he is now, it's insane. It's well, sad. Yeah. Well, it's not that sad because he plays for Chelsea, but it's sad for <laughs> yeah. him. It's definitely. But I mean, confidence is so huge. Yeah. He seemed like such like a nice guy. Like all his interviews, like he seemed like all of some of the interviews I've seen with him, like with some food feeds, I'm just like, why? Like I think like when like in the COVID quarantines, like he was when he was making his own food, he was mixing ketchup, ham, and pasta together. Well, yeah, I saw him get interviewed by that one girl who interviews a bunch of footballers, I think, and he mentioned it. Oh, she's so funny. I love that. Yeah, I think, I think she talked about, like, her. Ooh. he mentioned that he, I don't know, she used to lie detect a few of the football. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I wondered if um, that's who you were talking about. Yeah. She's so dry. She's so, like, deadpan, dude. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was talking with him, and he mentioned, this is not as weird, but I think he put, like, ketchup on eggs or something like that something around that on his eggs yeah, or something pasta and ham it popped up the other you know what else has been popping up on my timeline it's that video of that one guy uh, that doesn't narrow it down but he's doing the video <laughs> with uh, deli alley <laughs> and oh, son yeah um, <laughs> the eggs yes yeah and eggs is like 
yo, we'll be completing for this. And it's a trophy. And he's like, now, boys, I know at Spurs, y'all don't really know what this is. This is a trophy. And then Deli Alley goes, son, this, son, this is the time I, for that word I taught you. And he just kind of, they look at him and he goes, fucking donut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's I don't think he had the adjective but um yeah um well what a great segue Josh moving on to uh the the team that Sonny actually does play for unfortunately I'll just get this out of the way real quick Everton? no Sonny not Delhi yeah Everton are bad Delhi's bad now but anyway <laughs> you know who else is bad Spurs when they play Brighton at 6.30 in the morning, and I wake up to watch it, and honestly, calling this a game is really a generous term, because this was literally just watching Brighton lay on the floor for 89 minutes, and then scoring in the 90th minute, and I tweeted that, because it's true. Literally, this is obviously the game plan, and this is going to be sour grapes for me for a minute, so just let me be sour about it. Um, Imagine your game plan being, you know, this team has smoked us twice this season, and we are really bad against them. So what we're going to do is come in, win a bunch of cheap fouls, and then lay on the floor for the entire game. And, you know, I mean, credit to them, it did work. But more strange refereeing decisions in this game. I don't know how Enoch Mwepu stayed on the pitch. Um, he had about four yellow card-worthy tackles in the span of five minutes. And I honestly do not know how he stayed on the pitch. I really don't think it would have changed the result uh, because Spurs couldn't string a pass together in this game. Uh, we, like, our technique, just technically, the players looked awful. I don't know what happened, but, um, yeah, there were a couple things, a couple, I don't want to say excuses, but there were a couple of reasons why this could have possibly happened. So Conte actually had COVID this week. Um and he was forced to watch training from... We have the lodge at at the at Hotspur Way, and he was forced to watch training from above in the the glass the window. Yeah, yeah. From the, <laughs> the, <laughs> from the glass window um, in the lodge, and, and he was kind of relaying instructions from afar, and then he ended up testing negative on Friday, so he was able to still attend the match in person, but... Um, so, I mean, maybe that's one explanation. The other thing that kind of got on my nerves, and I don't know that this really has a huge effect on the game. Like, I've, there's been a big debate on it on Spurs Twitter about whether or not this really has an effect on, on you know, the performance. And obviously, it's only one player. But I just think it sends the wrong message when you are a team hunting for a Champions League spot in one of the most crucial turning points in our club's history. And you're... Poster boy, like, best player, Golden Child, jets off immediately after the win against Aston Villa to go watch the Masters in Florida. And, look, the players had a day off, so it's not like he skipped training or anything, but I'm talking about Harry Kane in case it's not obvious. Um, it's not like he skipped training or anything, but, look, two transcontinental flights in the span of two days is not optimal for the human body uh and i get it that he had four days of full training and to sleep and reacclimate to being in the uk but i don't know it just to me it rubs me the wrong way and i'm not trying to say that players can't have like time obviously they can it just feels like i don't know maybe i'm being too much of a boomer but it, it just it sends the wrong message whenever 
whenever your star man is is just like going off to watch the masters in the middle of a huge like chase for one of the most critical things your clubs had to you know fight for in, in recent years but like i said i don't really think it had that big of a bearing on the performance because kane was bad but so was the other 10 players that played and the other well actually <laughs> lucas mora was the worst player in this whole game and he only played 20 minutes every single touch he had went straight to a brighton player but either way that pass you said was awful uh what did i i can't remember what i sent was it the compilation of him oh the pass map yeah uh i'll i'll go dig it out and put it retweeted on the slapcast twitter account just so people can see it um yeah so bad because like we had possession but as soon as we entered the final third all technical ability vacated the players Uh, it was it was so bizarre no shots on target um which is the third time that's happened this season. The uh, the first one was Nuno's last game against Man United when we got absolutely drilled to the wall. And then the second one was actually Conte's first game um, against Everton. It was a nil-nil draw. It was the worst game of the season. Um, what do you think the difference was between last week where you were like, Spurs are back, we're going crazy, and then just the shit storm that happened this week? Uh, it Spurs. <laughs> it Spurs. <laughs> Brighton. North London is blue, I guess. Yeah, owned by Brighton. No, I mean, listen, I, I the list somehow Spurs are still in the driver's seat because of the game that we're about to talk about. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, <sighs> I have no explanation for it. I literally have no explanation for you. Zero. I, I don't know. So I'm not gonna try. Um. Yeah, I Reese, think that's, would you like to yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to know why Spurs are in the driving seat still? Build a statue for Fraser Forster, okay? I I went on a semi-rant on this on Twitter. I posted a whole paragraph because I was so... I was just angry because this was one of those games where I honestly wish we had just played terribly because then I could say... <laughs> You know, we at least deserved yeah. to lose. But instead what happened is we outshoot them 23 to 9 and Fraser Forster is just a god. Um, <laughs> like, I mentioned this during the Brighton game, you know, their second goal, they just became prime, became prime Barcelona. And it's like, of course this happens against us, right? It's the same thing. Of course Fraser Forster just decides to have a worldie. Um, you know, he's, he's an old man. He's he's walking with a he's walking around with a walker, uh, <laughs> saving these crazy chances against us. It's so annoying. Like we just man. And then on top of that, you know, we're going into this game again. I'm gonna complain about it. Sorry, Josh. You can be mad at me. We still have key players injured, and it's it's come out now that Tierney's out for the rest of the season. Party is most likely out for the rest of the season. Tomiyasu is still in like doesn't exist he's just gone um yeah i don't know man it's so strange um yeah that's about all i have as far as tactics because there was no tactics it was just like we we actually played very well we just couldn't buy a goal um and katia did start over lacazette um this was not a tactical decision though lacazette has covid um 
but you know i thought he looked great uh we just you know he couldn't finish um i don't necessarily think it's his own fault either i think you know opposition goal you just had a worldie and it, it is what it is but um we also did not switch to a back five um after I said Nuno might be out, Arteta went ahead, went ahead and gave him a start. Uh, and yeah. I actually thought he played well. Um, I thought he played well. He'll will probably remain like this for the rest of the season. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because it moves Jaka into the midfield, which is the most important part. Um, but we need goals. And I was talking about this with my dad because I was complaining, and I can complain however much I want about Fraser Forster being really good in this game for no reason. But my dad basically told me, he was like, he was like, I agree with you, but if we were better, we would have scored. And I'm like, yeah, you're gonna, right. I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, it, if we're better, we we score. And I saw this I saw this take on Twitter, and I actually really agree with it. And it's that our starting 11, when fully fit, is fully capable of being a Champions League side. We have the quality there. But we just do not have enough depth to to like the the current team right now due to the injuries and the moving around of players and you know the falling out of Aubameyang and everything that has happened over the course of this season we do not have the depth to be able to say the same thing like while the starting 11 might be good enough to compete for Champions League the rotational players are not um you know I actually think that's the exact reason why Spurs and Arsenal have had such a hard time in the last few seasons like Every season, I feel like this happens where it's it's like it's always the worst or the least bad team gets fourth, and I think yeah. that's the exact reason is because none of us have strength and depth. We don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just you know it's again it sounds like I have nothing else to say, but it just it's one of these games. It is what it is. Once again, you know it's still technically not the end of the world because Spurs did lose, um, as we mentioned, but. Now it's like really, it's like extra crunch time now because now we basically have to win against Chelsea on Wednesday. We have to win against United. We basically just have to win the rest of our games, which, you know, judging from the Brighton game and the Southampton game, I don't think we can do with our current squad. Um, something has to change, whether it be mentality-wise, whether it just be getting luckier, uh, but something has to go our way if we're going to try and stay in the race for tomorrow four. And I mean, it may even be a matter of staying in top six with the way it is right now. I mean, I think we're, I think we're sixth right now or seventh. Uh, sixth, I think. We're sixth. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause West Ham, uh, our doo -doo trash. Lost their game. but I mean, and we have a game against them. If we lose that game, we'll be in, we'll be in seventh. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, it is really important and something has to change. I don't know what it's going to be. You know, maybe we, maybe we try out Martinelli as a striker. Maybe we trust the youth again, like we did with Smith Rowe and we call up an Academy product, but I, I don't know who that would be. Um, but it's gotta be something, something has to happen. I don't know what though. So I think it'll be clearer come Wednesday when we play Chelsea, because the opposition will be very tough for that game. And if we can get a result, it will be huge for confidence. I was talking earlier when we were mentioning Timo Werner, just off rip, you know. Confidence is so huge, not just for the player, but for teams. And if we can turn around and get a win against Chelsea, it could save the season, just in terms of confidence. If we can get the confidence from that game to push forward and finish out the season, um, it could be a massive turning point 
Um, and yeah, we've seen I'll Arteta do it before. That game. Arteta actually has a very, you know, decent record against Chelsea in all things considered, you know. Um, it does seem like this has happened before, right? Where we have a run of really random losses and bad games, and then we play Chelsea and win. Or get yeah, it like I mean, an odd draw. Chelsea are definitely beatable. That's the thing. Like, Yeah. So it's it's set up to where this game is probably the... I mean, pretty much every game until the end of the season is the most important game of our season. But this game especially. Because if we can get a win, um, the confidence boost is just huge. Yeah, the interesting thing after this too is that after y'all play this game on Wednesday, we'll have this for the rest of the season. Spurs and Arsenal are going to have the same number of games played, so yeah. it's like we don't we no longer have to play this like points on the board versus games in hand game. It's it's literally just straight who's the better team now, you know? Yeah, and, and if if we win on Wednesday, we will be tied again, and it's just goal difference separating, I believe, right? Yeah, which, honestly, Spurs being on this mega tear recently, I, I mentioned it last week, being having it be worth, like, half a point, it honestly is. Like, the fact yeah. that Spurs have put up 10 goals differential now on Arsenal is huge, but... Yeah. In terms of hope, I do not want to get my hopes up, because it's the hope that kills me as an Arsenal fan so often, but... Um, Man, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't trust us to beat Chelsea on Wednesday, but I just hope it happens. I just hope somehow, in any way possible, it happens. When you said in terms of hope and said I do not have, I thought you were gonna say I do not have any. <laughs> just, I mean, it's true. It would, it would honestly <laughs> be easier. For the past like eight years, yeah. I mean, we, I've said it before, but since I've been watching, we have not finished in a. We have always finished in a lower position or the same position. I have good like, news have for you. Improved. That will not happen this year. <laughs> you will improve yeah. this year. But yes, ex- <laughs> but yeah. Up until this season, um we have just been worse every every year, which is um maybe I'm insane, you know, maybe I'm just a masochist. <laughs> yeah. No, uh It is really funny because um, my brother uh Riley who I mentioned earlier has um, like really adopted Arsenal and is watching all the games this season. And it's funny being, you know, looking at a new fan because he had so much hope at the beginning and rightfully so because, you know, we're, we were actually playing well. But these past few weeks, he's been texting me and he's like, man, I want to die so badly. We are so <laughs> terrible. And I'm like, man, you don't even know. Like, you don't even yeah. know the half of it. I kind of feel the same way with my dad, like, because he got, he got really into it, uh, like, a few years after I did, so, like, watching the evolution of being a Spurs fan in my dad after it happened in, in me, it's funny, like, because he'll say something, and I'll be like, yeah, that's par for the course, like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. but, yeah, uh, I wasn't, I, this is gonna feel like me hitting you when you're down, but it's not meant to be, it's literally just me looking into it, because, after you tweeted, I was kind of like, eh, you know, but like <laughs> whenever, like, I, cause I went and looked into it and watched the highlights and stuff. XG in this game was actually very close, um, which may come as a surprise to you, but uh, Southampton XG in this game was 1.04 compared to Arsenal's 1.35. Um, so, you know, while Arsenal did have a high volume of chances, it wasn't necessarily, they weren't like sitters, you know? It's not like Arsenal were yeah. missing sitters or, 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 you know, the one that the one that I am constantly thinking of, or the one that I, this one I did see happen, 
um, when I was watching intermittently between the, I have a hair in my eye and I can't get it out. The um, was it the uh, Sokka chance? No, actually the Odegaard one that he shot into the ground and it bounced. Oh, it bounced oh, up. Oh, the Smith. I think that was Smith Rowe. Maybe it was Smith Rowe, but he yeah. shot it into the ground and Forster like it. The save looked a lot harder than I think it actually was. But it's like I if Odegaard just because he didn't see it, or if yeah, but if if. Otis Smithrow got a better <laughs> yeah, Otis Smithrow. Yeah, if he got a better like any contact on that, it's in. Yeah, you know, if, it, if and, he hits it cleaner, it's in. Um, Saka had a chance as well where, if he had hit it slightly to the left, Forster has to dive the entire length of the goal. Yeah, um, to save it, but he kind of skewed it, and you know it's on target, but he shot it basically to where Forster was going to be. Um, so, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, and somebody actually, an Arsenal fan, looked into it, and the the reality of it is, in the last few games, the XG, like despite us losing the last few games, our XG has favored us for either yeah. a draw or a win in all of these games. We just can't score. And well, that's you difference. talked about it like a month, like several months ago, that being clinical was the problem here. Like that yeah. that was one of the key issues that was going to come up in the rest of the season but and look i'm coming yeah. at this from a and position of like spurs have been there so many times like yeah you know and so because that's come out and said you know he's he wants to leave because he misses europe and he wants to play in champions league i'm like dude if you'd score some goals you might get to play champions <laughs> yeah league. Uh, yeah that's... like literally score any goals and we, we we'd be there yeah that's funny but I want to ask, I want to go back to the panel actually, because we did this a few weeks ago and I was just, you know, I'm curious to see how it's evolved. I want to see who Ethan and Josh think is going to finish fourth. Um, so I'm going to go to Josh first because he has his mouth open like Beaker the Muppet. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to go back to fucking yelling about grilled cheeses and you'll. <laughs> You're sorry. feeling his anger. Sorry, sorry. I just, I couldn't. It, I just, I noticed it. And I had to. Yeah, say he's gonna, it. he's gonna say Arsenal. Now. I know. <laughs> Fuck y'all. I'm gonna fix. No, I'm gonna fix fucking United now. United are finishing fourth. Are you actually gonna pick United? No, I'm gonna pick fucking Tottenham. Okay. I think they're probably. I think you should I, pick United. <laughs> I think they don't have the injury bug that Arsenal do right now. I think Arsenal are gonna miss too many of their players. Yeah. Ethan. Uh un momento, por favor. Fair enough. I well, will I'm say I'll give you my answer. I actually am going to say Tottenham. As much I, as I'm just no. going to abstain from answering because I'm not going to say Spurs at this point. Um and I can't I in good conscience say it's better Arsenal. for my mental health if I um just decide it'll be Tottenham now because then if we don't get it then I can say you know Man, I, I said we wouldn't that's the but thing if we do, then I'll be happy I hate I hate leading because like whenever we were behind Arsenal in the table I was so sure I was like oh yeah we're gonna catch them like no doubt they'll go on a bad run and like we'll catch them it'll be fine but now that Sp like Spurs are in the position of power and I hate it it's it's so awful <laughs> yeah like because I just don't trust us to hold it but I'm not to feed your your bad vibes but I'm also gonna say Tottenham <laughs> I see. I'm, I'm not gonna answer the question because I just cannot, in good conscience, give an answer. Because um, I cannot say Arsenal. United's a joke, and I'm I, actually gonna. I'm going with West Ham. Yeah. On a, I'm, oh, God, <laughs> please, God, no. Um, Could you imagine? Yes, actually, and that's what I don't like. 
but um man sorry this is so random and it has nothing to do with anything but uh one of my roommates was showing me an f1 meme the other day and it was like a i don't know it was some weird like compilation of stuff where they have clips edited over and one of the voice clips that they edited over one of the memes was the commentary from the lanzini goal when he scored to make it 3-3 against spurs and i just looked at him i was like i know you don't know what this means but are you fucking kidding me like (laughs) i can't escape but yeah anyway um i well we kind of (laughs) i suck right now i'm garbage dude um, I, we kind of already talked about this, but I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was funny. Uh, United ended up winning 3-2, but they were 2-0 up, and Norwich brought two goals back through Kieran Dowell and Timo Pukki, and United only won because of a belting free kick from Ronaldo and the hat trick, yeah. which brings the Ronaldo question back. Ethan looks like he has something important to say. Well... I didn't know if we were bringing this back to be a regular segment again, but we that are. would be my high. That this would be my highlight of the week, because I, w- I, w- I took a break from watching the Liverpool and City game, obviously, because it was there. Liverpool were three 0 up, um, but I had Arsenal on my phone, and then I had the United game, and I literally was like, oh. like it was, you know, it went off of Tim Krul's gloves, but it then hit the post and then went in and. I was just like I, I had a feeling that he was going to score that. So, and you don't really see too much of that these days. Well, I guess you do kind of do, but like, not no, like that though. Yeah, yeah. So, reminiscent of the World Cup, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Usually the ones you see are the ones that go over the wall, like the the Ward Prowse free kick, basically. Yeah. Uh, but you Which don't see that too often. But, yeah. 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 That's the other segment that we are bringing back full time is the uh, Ethan's highlight of the week. So. Welcome to uh, version one, the Ronaldo free kick. Now, it, it, I mean, I guess we kind of already established that it doesn't really matter past this season, but it is such an interesting question. Like, because he technically makes them worse tactically, maybe, but man, like, this is the second game that they've only won because he's scored a hat trick in about a month. So, yeah. The other game he scored a hat trick against. God, shut the hell up. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely forgot, but I love that I forgot. <laughs> it was the Spurs game where Reese said he's gonna complete his hat trick right now, and I said you can't say that, and then that's exactly what happened. So, well, yeah. I, depending on who the other team was, I was gonna be like, "Well, these hat tricks were against two shit teams." Well, but they were. That <laughs> no. He'll score a hat trick against He'll us on, on a Saturday. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. He probably will, honestly. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. But I'm gonna t- if he scores two, I'm gonna text you every time he touches the ball and say he's gonna complete <laughs> his hat trick. <laughs> but yeah. though. So, um Well, I think we can now move on to our just quick final mention, which is the preview of next week's game of the week, which, uh, you know, really the, the headline game of the week is the Arsenal United game, but we will be talking about that one anyway, um, because of Reese's persuasions. So our game of the week that we've picked is actually the Chelsea West Ham game, because I'm interested to see, you know, how West Ham kind of bounced back from that, draw against Burnley how Chelsea are going to fare it's going to be interesting especially seeing 
how Chelsea play in this Arsenal game. They've kind of had a really up and down couple of weeks here. Um, you know, they go out of the Champions League to Real Madrid, blow the doors off Southampton, um, and then beat Palace in the semifinal. By Brentford before that. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a really strange period for them. Um, but yeah, I think overall, let's get some predictions, gentlemen. Uh, Reese, sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, yeah, um, I think. Hmm, I actually think West Ham are going to win, even though I hate them. I just feel like this is a game they win for some reason. I think uh, they I'll won. Did they win the reverse fixture? I think they Ham. did. I'm not sure. I think, but they were also playing better when that happened. They were. I I just think they'll have a random performance and it'll be really good. But yeah, I think I'll go two one West Ham. Uh yeah, it was that game where it was two two and then Maswaku had the hashtag Schross that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fooled the goalkeeper yeah uh yeah Ethan um you know West Ham will be riding that high of you know beating Leon in the I guess it's is it the Europa League or the Euro- it is League? Europa League yeah Europa League so they'll probably take that momentum in the, into this game and then um you know they've been studying Chelsea and seeing that they they are susceptible to some of these um, mistakes and are capable of losing but um I think this will be just another display of Chelsea's uh you know prowess as a big team so I'm gonna go with two nil Chelsea I agree with Ethan almost entirely I'm gonna say nope. what's that what's that sorry I was gonna ask if you all saw the clip of the their manager like asking about like the other results it was like such a wholesome thing like he was genuinely like curious how the teams were doing and he was like he was like super interested in like how rangers played it was just kind of like a heartwarming thing. i was like oh he actually like sounds like he actually cares it was kind of just nice which manager the west ham manager david oh, Moyes. yeah yeah. I thought it was David Moyes, but then I was like, is that the fucker at Newcastle? And then I was like, ah, I can't keep these English white names together. <laughs> They're yeah. all the same. Being that we've had, Palace have had like five in a row. I, okay. in spite of us actually um, picking this as the game of the week, I kind of think it's going to be a stinker. I, I don't know why. I just feel like this is going to be one of those games that's an absolute, like, snooze. So I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. And just because I think these two teams are going to cancel each other out and it's going to be boring. I don't know why. I just have that feeling. Um, West Ham, I was just looking because I, I remembered or I kind of had forgotten that they were even in the Europa League. I knew they beat Leon, but it was just kind of a weird moment. But they drew Frankfurt in the semifinal who just came off beating Barcelona. But I... F- as much as I hate to say it, it's a winnable tie for West Ham. So, I mean, they might be in the Europa League final. God, if they win a trophy, I, ugh, ugh, I can't so deal funny. with it. Would, that I would cannot also deal put with them it. in Champions League. Yeah, I hope they get destroyed. But that would be so funny. Uh, yeah. The other, I, I wouldn't be laughing. I wouldn't either. I'd be crying. The other Europa League uh, semifinal is Rangers Leipzig, which is really interesting. Um, so I think that makes Leipzig the favorites? Question mark. I don't know. There's not really a 
clear favorite for that tournament. But I wouldn't be surprised if Rangers won. They're on a bit of a tear right now. I mean, from what I've seen, they have looked good. I know they they played really well against Dortmund, um, which is no nothing to shake a st- or nothing to. Um, so yeah, <laughs> what we're going down. Here? I don't know. I, I'm tired, man. All right, but <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, gentlemen. I think that is just a, as good. My God, <laughs> can we please? Can we please end the show? You deserve Somebody a call nap. An ambulance. You it's need some milk. Yeah, let's let's end the show. Uh, it's a good time. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for the, the announcement that will be coming out May 2nd. Uh, we'll obviously be engaged on Twitter. Engaged. Haha, thanks for coming. Um, <laughs> we'll, What's the date? Uh, well, when is the date, Josh? No, uh, <laughs> but you're the only one out of all of us that's engaged. So, what no, but us? I know, I know. But <laughs> no, but... Yeah, keep your eyes open. We'll obviously be uh, involved. What I was going to say is we'll be involved on Twitter and and, uh, on social media. You're going to start seeing a few more of those channels open up, hopefully. Our Instagram will uh, revive uh, because it kind of died a little bit whenever we lost. Uh, We kind of lost a little bit of the graphic uh, graphical elements from Chris. So, um, yeah, we'll have to revive that a little bit. But... Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for joining me on this evening. Josh, I want to say thank you to you first, of course, for joining. Thank you. Ethan as well, thank you for uh, thank you for providing your insight on the Palace game. I actually really enjoyed it. I uh, thought you had a great segment, so cheers. I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that, young lad. I'm wearing off on I'm, me. I know, yeah. I'm passing it around. And Reese, thanks. Thanks for joining. Of course, I'm... I'm proud to say I'm a grilled cheeser. Me too. Yep. Me too. Oh, fuck yourself. Wow. Oh. A comment from the peanut gallery that was unneeded. Well, and we also, of course, we also, of course, want to say thank you to the listeners who we will be asking about the grilled cheese debate. Uh, So thank you guys for listening this far. And um, yeah, we love you all. It's a goodbye from us.